Welcome to Beyond the Summit. This is Scalability's series of podcasts where we have some really interesting chats to some really interesting Northwest business leaders. If you want to hear more in the series, hit subscribe. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what we do, visit us at scale-ability.co.uk. Thanks for joining us for this third and final installment of our podcast with Managing Director Jeff McNamara of Coral Island in Blackpool. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe for episodes one and two to hear Jeff's full story. So talking about um, experience in general and what it is that Coral Island offers and, and Blackpool in particular, um, what was so appealing about the the managing director role at Coral Island that, that brought you to Lancashire? Well, um, so that didn't quite happen that way. I was, I was working, I've worked for the company for about 14 years and um first four or five years was in a different role and i was uh, a, a kind of ops ops regional ops guy looking after uh, adult amusement centers and and uh, tanning salons and things like that as part of the company and um it, it was a, a quite a vast role from you know i looked after the midlands of the uk there was a guy that looked up north guy that looked down south so there was a lot of traveling involved a lot of different units uh, a lot of differing people, uh, a lot of smaller types of businesses. So different different kind of types of skills from what I was used to. But the excitement for that I did have was, you know, one, you get to meet quite a lot of new people as you're going through the, the different weeks and the travel was quite good. And you, you could have a good in, influence on on those types of businesses reasonably quite quickly in, in different kind of towns. So I was asked to come over for a couple of months um to coral island and would you come over for the summertime basically um so i said yeah okay um and then it, it kind of we were running um brighton pier at the time as well um as the company we had uh, a couple of businesses uh, that we were looking after so then the opportunity came to 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 kind of come and look after coral and, and also kind of keep an eye uh, on the pier and the pier was run and currently is run by a, an exceptional individual down there um, who's who's still running it amongst other things. Um, so I, I kind of slightly fell on my feet that I didn't really have to do too much down there. So I spent, and I recognised that. So what I did is I said, well, I don't really know. Uh, I've never worked in uh, seasides. I've never really worked in amusements to the extent that this place was. Uh, I knew a bit about food and restaurants. I'd come from motorway services, so I understood, you know, food as it was and, and, and you know, what it was required, but um, not certainly not the scale or the capacity that Coral Island generates. So I used the opportunity of not really having to do anything for, for the peer with, with learning off the, the, the individual that was down there and the other people and seeing how that business ran. Um, and the you know almost the dark arts of the seaside resorts with you know sideshows and um, you know amusements and and all these types of things. So um, and then there was changes in the company, and then the 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 the, the owner of the company asked um, to if I would take charge of the company, uh, the, the company that trades for Coral Island, which is a number of under the the group. Um, and so I was already in for a couple of years before that came aboard. So it was always like a natural progression. Um, but the, 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 the strange thing uh, is that you do feel different fairly quickly because 
when you you get all the kind of legals and the papers that come through to say right you know you are now you, it's not like you're, you're just a, a senior manager and I've given you a, a, a quite a nice title and there's not you know other than the normal kind of legals that come with doing your job now you're, you're really really responsible you know if someone gets hurt or something really kind of unfortunate happens it's you you know it's not like um, you know, like the fire, fire warden comes around and you've got a chain on the fire exit and he's going to give you a, a bit of a warning. It, this is the severity here. Um, so that, that kind of layers an extra level of pressure on whether you kind of see it, like it, or or understand it or not. So you, you your outset does change slightly. And whereas you used to feel that, um, well, I used to feel that, I, I was always responsible for the business, but there was a few things. Well, that person at head office does that. I don't really need to worry about it. But th- that that doesn't all of a sudden that doesn't come into the your thought process. It's like, well, that person at head office is you actually. So I don't know who you think you're passing it up the line to there, Jeff, because it, it's you. So you need to learn really quickly and learn your responsibilities um, and, and 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 tackle things that that need to be tackled and. I worked with a, a manager um, in Swansea um, when I was young and I was young and vibrant and vivacious and kind of exciting and wanted to change the world. Not quite so that. And he was a number of years older than me and he was, um, you know, much more thoughtful and a little bit slower and, and, and had been around the block a little bit more certainly than I had. And, and one of the things that I learned from him was, you know, deal with, deal with stuff immediately. He was, he was a big, this is when emails, for an example, were just starting to come into the business. So he had it drummed into the team that as soon as an email turned up, you printed it off and you actioned it, you know, straight away type of thing, because he didn't want things hanging around. So his philosophy, one of his philosophies on, on everything like that was deal with situations or deal with requests for information or or, or deal whatever it may be. So I kind of uh, really took that on board and the way that it's morphed over the years is 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 to not let things hang around and not be dealt with but but more importantly to kind of use it um uh, more po- po- positively so it's trying to read situations that may be coming um more inside a company so for example we've got businesses in london that that whilst they don't overlap with coral island we've got some we've got some parity in different things that we do so instead of waiting for what they may be doing to influence what we want to do, we were very much positive and say, well, let's go the other way and let's, you know, get the information or do the situation or find out what, you know, energy, for an example, in catering units and, and equipment. So instead of waiting for them to come to us and say, we're doing this, let's get to them, even though they, they're, they're catering units down there, they've got more of them. So we, we proactively kind of almost rebuff um outsiders coming in and trying to make a, an influence a decision on my business is go the other way is i'll get to you first and um whilst we're not a confrontational type of company or team it's very much you know when i look to manage upwards with say the owner or i'm managing sideways with the fd or the commercial director it's understanding if i was them what would i be looking for um you know what what what's going to make some easier decisions for me how do how do i feel so you know 
just being proactive is 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 the thing and um you know i don't don't allow really people to make me make decisions quite quickly and therefore if i was them that's not what i'd want either so i wouldn't go to the fd and say well i need you to make a decision on you know x amount of spend now you know because if i was him i'd say well that ain't happening and so you ain't getting it um but it's a matter of being proactive and, and giving him the information and also you know what you do learn in business certainly in leisure types of businesses you know this kind of like i don't know alan whatever that does you're you're fired you know you, you can't run businesses like that you you do have to to kind of get on with people and you do have to find common ground and it's not always you you, you just can't if you treat everybody like shite there's a you know 0.5 percent of senior people up there that probably do that and they get away with it but most people won't and you know it d- doesn't work and um you, you just you, you just got to treat people reasonably um and um you, you know it's not always have to be a battle i think if you get to the stage when you're running your teams where you know you, you're actually not battling with each other you the common goal is pretty much the same it's just you usually find that two or three different individuals want to get there a different way and a lot of my job and what what i do at coral is i've got you know a senior team of managers that are very experienced some of them are older than me some of them aren't i mean that was that was always quite testing for me through the years. Um, I, when I was 23, I was the general manager of a, a bowling alley and the youngest general manager in the company. And um, a lot of the, all the management team in that place were older than me. And, you know, that, that, that was really quite testing uh, for me to tell older people what to do at the time or to be looked at as if to say, well, you've got to make the final decision. And you got people that are like, well, you're you're my dad you're the same age as my dad or my mum or you know how can I be deciding what's happening with you whether it be good things bad things and that type of stuff so um you know it was an exciting time but it was really quite a a challenging and difficult time so so and now you know you go through a lot of that and you learn as you go through the years so a lot of the time a lot of my job now really is just it, it literally is um I make probably very few decisions I, I i really probably focus on the strategy about where we're going and what we want to do and whether that be sales whether that be team whether that be the culture um you know you, i don't think about that every day so it's not a matter of changing your culture every day week month whatever you do react to situations that occur and you do have a, a responsibility to look at what's happening around you so you know, I'm trying to understand what's what's becoming the norm of how businesses are run. What are people expecting to see when they go to the workplace or how they expect to be treated? Um, and you can either meet that expectation or exceed it, or you just say, no, we're doing it this way. And the reality is, is more and more people want something, they're less likely to come and work for me. So, so I spend most of the, most of the, a lot of my time looking through numbers, which is uh, the, the day-to-day part of the job. And then, but I do try and spend a bit of time you know, talking with the guys downstairs and, and really not necessarily so much offering advice because if you feel you've got your right people in the place, they just want to soundboard off you as to this is going on and what should we do with that? Or I just wanted to talk this through with you. Um, so a lot of my time is is is, is dealt with that. And normally they make the, the, the kind of reasonably right decisions. Sometimes you know that that's not going to be how I would do it, but you, as long as it's 
reasonably low risk if it goes a bit wrong you you kind of need to allow them to do it um and uh, you know if it goes a bit wrong then okay well you learn from it and how can we what what we're going to do next time this is a lot of classic old cliches um not sure management has changed in you know the, the nuts and bolts of somebody needs to lead a team there needs to be somebody in charge um is how you want to act when you're in charge. I think that it's probably different now than it was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, where maybe 50 years ago, I'm in charge and I will tell you exactly what you will do and there'll be yes, sir, no, sir, and that type of mentality. And it's, it's obviously not like that now. Um, and you, you can either agree that, you know, things have moved on and people's expectations, you know, rightly and wrongly for, 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 for sometimes. I mean, you know, the, 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 but there is also a need at times to be quite terse with what you're doing and, and kind of almost lay down the law or be quite straight up front. And a lot of the time people do actually kind of appreciate that because they do know where they stand. And um, people on the whole, all of us, I think, do like a bit of direction, you know, and, and I think we get to the stage sometimes where it's a bit like there's always a committee on everything. And I sit on one or two other committees and, um and I sit on them because primarily so that I can understand what's going on in Blackpool, for an example. So I probably use it a little bit selfishly to gain information and, and understand what's going on, as opposed to kind of controlling what the decisions may be made. I get a, a reasonable bit of input, but it's 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 the decisions or the the, the topics are not massively important to Coral Island. Otherwise, I'd be much more involved in on it but it is um uh, that, that that i sit on them but what you do often find is decisions just don't get made because it's too much of a committee um and especially when you've got reasonably like for like individuals with positions or whatever they may be from different businesses that um uh you, you know we're all polite to each other and and uh, you know you need a head to kind of pull it all in and whilst there is a head of these committees um it, you know you, you think it's a lot of time that we're talking about stuff that really doesn't make much much difference um yeah so we've talked about quite a variety of relationships with people there so whether that be you almost mentoring your management team underneath to allow them to feel empowered around decision making um are there any standout moments uh, that you would consider that were almost magic mentoring moments where you've had an interaction with somebody that you saw as a bit of a mentor um that have, have really sort of stuck with you throughout your career well i think that there's three individuals that have, have four individuals actually that have stuck with me and i won't mention names but one of them was early on and it was very much like um you know, he, he, the, the work ethic guy, as it was. And and for an example with him, there was there was a time when we were all kind of due to go away on holiday thing and, and he cancelled his because he, he, work came up. And, and you know, we we're all early 20s. It's like, well, well is, is it that important? You know, it wasn't like a, a life or death situation, but it was his commitment. It was his his work ethic was was that important to him that it overrode uh, the need to or, or the want to go and have some fun. Um, the second guy was um, he, he was a, a, a visionary. He was he was one of these characters. He's he was the MD of a company, one of these characters that 
um, when he walked in the room, you you just knew the he held the audience he was captivated he was inspiring and he, you know in the words of Simon Cowell I suppose he had that x factor that you know certain people and or whoever they may be either do or don't have and he certainly had it um and it wasn't necessarily a lot of the things that he said he just had that inspiration that he thought do you know what I want to work for that guy and I I just remember he um it was just a, it was just a, a buzz about him. He was really good at ideas and and really good at um, kind of you know foreseeing where businesses may need to go. So you thought, do you know what? I want to be a little bit like him. I don't know how to be a little bit like him, but if I kind of listen to what he's saying and look at even mannerisms and how he acts around people um, and the fact that he was always prepped, he was always prepared. He wasn't going into situations unprepared and leaving himself open to kind of almost fail. Um, and in the same company, there was a guy who was my boss and um, we didn't get on uh, at all. Well, um, we really, really didn't. And uh, we, we, we really fell out, really. And I left in the end because of it. And, um, you know, he, he we went out into the car park once and, and kind of almost got into a fight. And he was a bigger guy than me. So I wasn't going to win the fight. And um, he, uh, because of his background, he'd worked his way up and through. Um, and um, so I kind of learned from there, I don't want to be like you. You know, I don't want to almost have to to threaten or have that type of behaviour to get either a reaction or to get um, results. And he was a big worker as well, but he was he was such a big worker that you know he told me on a couple of occasions when we were reasonably on good speaking terms that you know he would do he, his mentality was he would be there before I was there. And this was seven o'clock start, so he was there before me and he was there after me, and. He, he was there six days a week and but but you know he told me one one morning i saw him the following morning oh hi all okay he's like yeah he said I'm like oh you're looking a bit disheveled he said well i slept in the office last night like, oh, what was that? he said well i drove home my wife was having a um a dinner party um she told me i wasn't invited so i had to drive back to work um so what what came of that is i thought how is this working for you you know you people at work you know, he was very much about philosophical team setups, you know, about, um, you know, you're, you're the plant part of the team, you're the this part of the team, you're the thinker, you're the chairman. Um, you know, he was very much into that. Um, and I think he had a reasonable amount of buying, but the level that he was doing it at was 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 too low. So the team didn't understand it. Um, and I think the, the, the final person was fairly recently was... Um, Again, he was he was he just had an attraction about him and he had the ability to to um observe and find look at look and watch things and see how people he was very good at understanding business um with regards to customs and seeing how they would be, what what they're after, how they would react, you know, how they'd spend their money in this type of environment um that it, that he'd kind of grown up from. But I think uh, I, I suppose 
probably the thing, that I, an example that I take with me, which I messed up actually, um, was I, I I attended the course as a general manager and it was other general managers on there. And we had an outside um, company that came in and it was all about um, teamwork and um ideas and processes and things like that and it was quite a hands-on session so the idea was that these guys they're all dressed in black and it was all a bit newfangled idea type of thing um and that you at the end of it you because they're, they're giving you the ability to be able to do anything as it was you broke a bit of wood and that was almost their kind of thing of showing you that they taught you about how to use your brain and how to use mentality so you had to break this bit of wood by chopping it with your hand type of thing you know the thing was it was a little bit of you know it was still wood but it was all about belief so we we did all this kind of stuff and we we took a lot away from it actually i then i was really kind of impressed with the course and these guys so then i used them a year ago but i used it on a, a in the place that i was running and it was totally lost on them you know they they weren't at the level in their career or that it it wasn't set right for them that it was a, it was an absolute waste they didn't get anything out of it we got a big bill from it um and I, I think what that then taught me to a reasonable extent is you know you i've always found things quite easy to take on board and always felt well, i can do anything you know or if i can't i can kind of talk through it all or whatever it may be i could fly the bloody space shuttle if i felt i could do it you just get into the way you go type of mentality not always a bit of background learning how to do it so i always thought well if i find stuff easy to do then then why wouldn't anybody else why would why would you not see that um so it that, and this was my thing with this. Well, look, this is a really good thing. We'll bring everybody up to a level. And it is understanding that not everybody wants to be brought up to a level. You know, a lot of people are happy with um, doing the, the 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 great job that they do. And they don't all aspire to be the, the, the guy or the girl at the, at the top of the tree or work their way upwards you know work is not their all and everything they like their work but it might be a means to an end to provide for their family which is more important to them or it might be that you know whatever it may be so i learned a lot from that to to kind of not expect everybody to to want to to go where you're going or um be as invested into it um and and um or to understand uh the, the you know it's is trying to identify people's levels i suppose and i'm not saying that in ups and downs you know sideways whatever we want to put it is you know we have people you know down on the floor there that you know i, I you try and give them a job where you think well it's only a matter of that and you know they're not going to say no to me because they're probably a little bit intimidated um which is you know not what we try and not what i try and do but so they don't listen what, what I might have asked them to do as a first off and then they might get a bit confused and then they don't actually deliver what I needed them to do in the end of it so everybody's wasted their time I've wasted my time or two days waiting for a, a, something to come back to me they've wasted their time doing something that they didn't really understand I've not perhaps checked on what should have been done or they weren't the right person to do them in in the first place and i think that's probably one of the biggest things i've learned is 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 getting the right person to do the job and when you think you can do everything you then think everybody else can do everything so you don't choose the right person to do you, you know maintenance guy ash look the, the roof's leaking can you just pop up and sort the roof out it must be easy to do it and they'll probably 
they're, they're at the stage with me now where they know no jeff we can't fix the roof you know get a roofer to kind of fix it that'll be the best bet we'll arrange that so that that's probably one of the biggest things i've ever uh, i've learned is it is finding the right person to the job and and perhaps not expecting everybody to 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 want to grow develop or progress further than where they currently are well, thank you very much, Jeff. It's been absolutely fascinating learning more about your career as well as Coral Island. And uh, for anybody that's listening to the podcast, having been to Coral Island personally, I would highly recommend a visit. Um, the casino's fabulous. Everything else is fabulous. We took my nephews in not so long ago and it was brilliant. So um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and it's been a pleasure to have you on. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.